Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app right now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. Yeah, 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 man. I have no desire to go through this whole opening spiel right now. I'm, I'm in a shitty mood. I'm just going to get that off right off the bat, man. Dog Buffalo Podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks for thanks for tuning in. So it's been about, I don't know, I'm taping this around 2 o'clock on Tuesday afternoon. So I don't know. It's been roughly, my math's not that good, 16, 18 hours, whatever it's been since the Bills game ended on Monday night. I'm joined by Joe from Queens. My man, Buffalo Wins, on Twitter. Let's look, man. Let's skip the pleasantries. We've talked enough times on here. No small talk today. Let's just jump right into this shit, man. Let me start here. I'm going to ask you a question, man. If this is, well, maybe it's a statement. I don't know. You you can determine that. It felt like last year to me that the passing of the torch was on. You know, the the, the Buffalo Bills were to take the reins uh, of the AFC East. And we were going to see Buffalo out in front ahead of New England for, for years to come. The 20-year Tom Brady run came to an end. He goes to Tampa. They stink last year. Uh, you know, the Bills dominate when the AFC East. Looked like it was going to be that way for quite a while. It was it was the Bills era of AFC East dominance that were to come. Now, a little less than one year later, and with folks, whether you like it, whether you don't like it, it's extremely fair to, at the very least right now, at least question, was 2020... I'm not necessarily a fluke, but an anomaly, man. Was it a one-year deal? Again, like it or not, the Patriots are here, man. They they beat the Bills in Buffalo. Weather aside, none of that matters. What matters is wins and losses. The Bills lost to the Patriots. Patriots are in first place. They're the hottest team in the NFL. What are your thoughts right now? Where do you stand with this, Joe? Does it feel like, you know, again, last year, this felt like this was going to be something we would be doing for years to come. Talking about the Bills out in front, AFC East. Now we're, what, almost three quarters of the way through the season, and it's not the case, man. What do you think? Uh, yeah, it definitely did feel like last year it was going to be a passing of the torch. I mean, I did not think New England was going to be close to the division. I mean, New England was pretty bad last year. I mean, the, I mean, and part of it was like, look, like a lot of their, their players didn't, didn't, go, didn't play last year because of COVID. It was obviously a retooling year. Your boy Cam, yes, he wasn't very good with them last year. And like, you know, we we just didn't um you know, it just it just some it happens. It happens a lot in the league, like in general. Like some teams you think are dead and then like they they all of a sudden like retool and then they're back. So yeah, it but I, I think it's more about the Bills being the issue rather than New England being better. If that makes sense. Like I think it's more on the Bills. The Bills have just They've they've kind of have regressed, you know, and they have. I mean, they're seven and five. They lost two more games they, this year than they did last year. Like they've regressed, you, and that's this is how it is. And there's no, you know, there's no. And I think it's more on them. There, it's more on them to me why New England is where they are, you know, because they they their games this year. Looking back, the Jacksonville game, you know, the Steelers game, even like just games that you would think talent wise they're better than the other team, and they lost. And now it's. Up until this moment, till the, till last night's game, I thought, okay, hey, like they're gonna win this division. I kept thinking that. I kept thinking eventually they're gonna close it out. It's gonna be fine. Game yeah. Monday night waiting football, for that changes. switch. Waiting for them to turn that switch on. You know, waiting it's been for on and off to... all year and keep it yeah. on now. And they couldn't do it. And uh, you know, and and it, the funny thing is, is like how much more do you like you know into into Monday night's game? Like, do you do you feel better about New England? Like, New England passed the ball freaking three times, you know, in that game, and like everything going into it was like you know Matt Jones, he's like really good, and he I think he's a very solid quarterback. Like, he's done well for as a rookie, you know, and that's and it's a very good you know maybe he'll keep progressing. I don't know, but like I didn't come away with being like, oh my god, I'm so impressed with Matt Jones. He had three freaking passes, and one of the passes was was ugly. You know, it's just it's almost funny. Yeah, it's, it's funny. It's hilarious. They won the game passing for 19 yards. 
Let me say this, Joe. I generally, as a rule of thumb, and you know this, and, and everyone who listens knows this. We're, we're, I'm doing the show on Wednesday. I don't like to have an immediate post-game reaction show because I admittedly am a big-time knee-jerk reactor. Either everything is perfect or the sky's falling. And if I did a Monday morning show following a Sunday game, I would, I would overreact one way or the other. So again, this was a Monday night game, so I wait until Tuesday to record and until Wednesday to drop the episode. But I'm going to tell you this. I am as annoyed now as I was at the end of last night's game. I slept on it. I don't feel any better about it. <laughs> I have literally been arguing, fighting, debating, whatever you want to call it, Bill's fans, Bill's podcasters for hours on end now. And I'm really annoyed. And let, let me start you know, here. So, me even. Even you as well. And we On Twitter. And, and I was I was nice. And, and in the mood it, I'm in. I know. You, you, are, be you are being nice. I'm being a I was, dick. I admit it. You're being and a I'm dick. also going to say this too. Some point in this podcast, you and I are probably going to disagree and get into it over some shit. If we do, we do. I don't, I don't know. If we do, it's going to be organic because it's not pre-planned. Let me just say that. But let me start here. And I want to go through. There's lots of things that I, I want to get to. And I kind of want to keep it in semi-order. And I want to start with Josh Allen this time. And I'm going to say this. I tweeted something on Monday night after the game. I'm going to read what I tweeted. And then I want to kind of elaborate on a little bit and get reaction from you. All right. But I, I said this, and this was my direct tweet. People will blame everyone else because blaming 17 feels sacrilegious. And there's plenty of blame to go around. But bottom line, Josh Allen was pretty lousy tonight. And he's been extremely average compared to quarterbacks around the league for a lot of this season. That was my initial tweet as I, you know, and I got bashed for it. Okay. Let me say this. That was my knee jerk reaction. Again, in the moment I said that and upon reflection, it is a bit, at least a little bit of an overreaction. I don't think Josh Allen has been average compared to the rest of the league. And I don't think he was lousy necessarily on Monday night, but I do stand by the theory to me, Josh Allen has been somewhat pedestrian this season compared to the good quarterbacks because he is one of those good quarterbacks around the league. Now, I know the stats will probably say, and you know how I feel about stats. I think stats could be, stats can be slanted any way somebody wants to make them look, all right? The stats, maybe they're the same on par with last year. I don't know if they are, to be honest with you. I'm sure they are. I mean, they are on par. I mean, I tweeted a couple weeks ago. It doesn't feel, and I think, I, I, let me just go to that tweet. Uh, I thought, I definitely agree that it's sacrilegious to ever criticize Josh Allen on Bill's Twitter. You can't. Like, Trust me, I, I've learned that last know, night. Like, you can't. I don't think he's been average in comparison to the other quarterbacks. Um, and look, I, I do think they're the numbers, he's been inconsistent. Like, he's been either really great or he's been average. Like, you know, that's, that's, like, that's just how it is. But, like, in totality, look. I think, you know, his yards, touchdowns, if you look at it, like Sal Capaccio had a tweet last week where he was comparing Josh Allen through 11 games last year, Josh Allen through 11 games this year. And, and they were they were basically even, you mm -hmm. know. And, and I know that there's different contexts. Like last year, I felt like the offense had more – They had, there was there were different games where you had duels. Like you had like the, the Rams game and you had like the, the, the Dolphins game. Where, like games where like the other teams were scoring points and then they had to go back and forth. There hasn't been that this year at all. There've been like ugly slugfest games, like the Jags game and and the like the, the Patriots game we just witnessed. Um, I don't think he's been average in comparison to the other things. I still think he's he's been he's been inconsistent. It's it's been all or half nothing, you know, when it comes to his play this year. Like you know, they've been. Here's the thing: the Bills since the Titans game, they have been completely bipolar. They you look at look at the points scored on the offense. Look at you, you, you got games in there where they're scoring 45 and then the next week they score 15, you know, last week, they Thanksgiving, 31 points, the, the Patriots, it's what 11 or 10, whatever the fuck it was, you know, it, it, it's, it is, it's just been, it's been bipolar for them. And like, and that goes to Allen. Now there are other things that are issues there. We can, and we'll talk about the play calling the, the, the offensive line being a shit show. There is definitely the the running game has regressed to basically dirt. You may as well just fucking down the ball at this point and just take go make it second and eleven at this point. It feels like, but um, you know, Allen has been like they he is not he's been inconsistent this year. He just has been inconsistent, and and the the team is not helping him around. But there's there's definitely room for criticism for him, you know, in terms of that. But he's not. I don't think he's been average in comparison to the field. 
He's just been very inconsistent. Is the Let me say this, man. I'm not stupid. Bills fans butter the bread for this podcast. They butter the bread for podcasts, period. 90% of people who listen to this podcast are Buffalo Bills fans. I, for the most part, love Buffalo Bills fans. I am a Buffalo Bills fan, okay? I hate them, but, but okay. nights, nights like last night, the, the minority insufferable about come. And again, my tweet was a little more, it was a little over-emotional and a bit of a, an overreaction at that point. But this is what I can't stand. And again, this is the next day, and I'm still going back and forth arguing with Bills fans about this shit. The win was a factor. And there are, the fact that the Bills aren't built for this weather, and we're going to talk about this in a few minutes, that's the most disturbing part of this whole organization to me right now. But all I hear is these guys dropped, uh, you know, Stephon Diggs dropped what would have been a touchdown, a long touchdown. Knox had a, a couple drops. There were drops. So when a receiver drops a ball that's swirling in the air, that's on the receiver. But when there's a bad throw in the air, that's on the wind. It's like, all right, let's we could blame the receivers. We could blame everyone else for everything else, but we can't blame Josh Allen for anything. And here's the bottom line. Again, and, and like pretty lousy. I said the term pretty lousy. That's an overstatement. He was okay. I I've heard other players around the league, guys who play the game in the NFL, say that he made some throws that pretty much no other quarterback can make in those conditions. Credit deserved for that, okay? And again, maybe I overreact a little bit. But here's the bottom line, Joe. There's some mistakes that he made. There was a slant, and forget about, and by the way, that touchdown, that long touchdown, that would-be touchdown to Stephon Diggs, that's a, a really tough play. First of all, that that's a hard throw to make in the win. The win was definitely a factor. The ball swirled. Diggs also had his guy beat to the inside, and then he had to go to the outside shoulder, stuck his arms out, and hit his hand. I'm not going to blame Stephon Diggs, and I'm not going to blame Josh Allen. That, to me, was the win. But you know what? There was a slant to Gabe Davis that would have been a second touchdown. I think it was in the third quarter. It was on the other opposite side of where he scored his first touchdown. He had the guy beat, and Josh just made a poor throw. Win or not, okay? Um, there was a back shoulder throw to Diggs inside the red zone that would have been a touchdown late in the game. Might have won the game, and Josh Allen didn't make the throw. Diggs had his guy one-on-one. -on -one. They got the play they wanted. Diggs had him beat, and the, and the throw wasn't there. Greasy um, tried saying it was the wind. Like, he tried blaming the wind on that. I mean, I, I'm not saying he's right or wrong. I have no right, idea. Right, 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 right. I'm just saying, you know. you know, but again, it's like you can't blame the wind and stuff for some of these drops, but you're going to blame Josh Allen for some of these throws. And then also mental stuff. He assumed, I remember it was a play. It was in the red zone. It was late in the game, too. I think it might have even been third down. He assumed that New England jumped off sides and that it was a free play, and he just chucked the ball in the end zone to Dawson Knox. He got rid of the ball quickly. Yeah, and then end up missing that field goal afterwards. I'm pretty sure that was a third down play. If not, it was second down. But that's not the first time this year where Josh Allen thought it was going to be a flag and he's pointing, he's pointing, and then he just throws the ball because it's I think I saw up being someone tweeted it. It was the fifth time he did that this year. Yeah, that's a mental is, mistake. That's a mental, and that's on him. Okay. And yes. Hey, look, he did, he did, look, go ahead. I'm, sorry. Not I'm not done yet. I'm not done go with ahead. some of the mistakes that I wrote down. Um, He went to B, or he should have went to Beasley, not Davis. On that fourth down play, the way the safety was rolling, it looked like Beasley had the more favorable matchup and he tried to throw it to Gabe Davis. I'm not necessarily saying it's a bad mistake, but on film, it looked like it should have went to Beasley. I think Josh Allen should have been a little more aggressive trying to run the football, which is something we generally don't want to see. But, and again, we'll talk about Dable in a minute too because that involves him. But the guy, again, say he played lousy, yeah, maybe I overreact a little bit, but God damn, man, you can't say anything about this guy with Bills fans, and that's... Pat, do you like not listen to me when I come on this podcast, or are you just, like, looking at Twitter while I'm, like, talking? I talked about this since 2019-18, that, you you, that you can't say anything bad about Josh Allen. You just can't, like on Bills Twitter. You get shitted on profusely. That's just how it is. I mean, I've kind of... And look, there is room for criticism here. He did not have his best game last night. Now, I do think there are other factors. And that's the, that's the problem. When you say there's a constant on Bill's Twitter about what abouts. Well, what about this? What about that? What about when you – and it's like, look, I'm not – it's like the analogy of like if I'm saying like save the whales, it doesn't mean I'm saying go fuck the dolphins and, and fuck these other fish. Like, you know, I'm, I'm saying like – and people, when you say, well, you know, Allen wasn't good, it's like, well, what about this guy? What about I, – I only have so many tweets. I could put it out there right now. But, yeah, look, he didn't play well last night. You know, he did he just – it wasn't all his fault. I think there were other factors that, that made it into into why the offense struck. Sure. Yes, you know, But, I like, he, he missed throws. 
He does that stupid thing on like, you know, he, with the, the, with the, the offsides, he thought he struggled. And it, it's been that way since the Titans game. Like it's been like, he's been on, he's been off, he's been on, he's off. And look, you're a $250 million quarterback. You can criticize him. So don't feel like, yeah, like the bills, look, we all know people are third. Look, if you want to get a bunch of likes and a bunch of retweets, it's defending Josh Allen. Okay. That's how half these idiots on Bill's Twitter do their, their spiel. That's why I have a lot of them muted. So I'm hated because like a lot of the fans are freaking just are in the tank. They have to like fall into a like molten lava just to defend the right of this guy. And look, I think he's been, I think this year he's been good like in totality, but he, he doesn't look the same as he did last year. He was an MVP last year. He could have yeah. easily won. If he would have won MVP last year, very few people would have complained about it around the league. Yeah. He's not playing at an MVP level he's not, right now. It, it just he's not open. even playing close to it. Yeah. And it's been like, I think it's been that way since the Titans game. It's just been like the number the they're just not scoring. And it's sorry, but it, it goes on the quarterback. It's just how it is. If the offense is struggling, it goes a lot of times on the quarterback. He, he has room for, for that. What pissed me off? Here's what I like took away that annoyed me the most. If you want to like layer it for the offense, I thought, and this goes to Allen and it's on the coaching staff. You know, you, 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 you tell me when you draft this guy, we need a guy with freaking big hands who could throw in the elements. McBean said that all the, they, like Brandon Bean said it all the time when they drafted him, even afterwards. And I came on this podcast town and they'll make fun of them. Like, okay, yeah, we know we want the big hands. And, they treated his the play calling on Monday night was basically like they acted like they had Trent Edwards back there and they were scared to, to throw into the wind. And, the, and, the, and it wasn't just throwing into the wind. It was when they were going, you know, with the wind, they were still trying to do a balance attack when they were going with the wind, which you're not supposed to do. They weren't taking timeouts to like extend games, extend the quarter so they can throw the ball. By the time the offense started rolling, and I, I use rolling as like they weren't really rolling, but they got effective was the fourth quarter when they said, the hell with this, let's have Allen sling it in the wind, going into the wind. And he was, he, there were throws he missed, but it wasn't because of the wind, but he, they were moving the offense, you know, in that quarter. That's my biggest issue. Like I come out of that game is like you, you get this guy for, and I don't want to hear people telling me, well, you know, you got to have blue collar football in the weather and you got to have like running the football and they're not built for that shit. Okay. Even if you're, even if you're not built for that shit, the point is other quarterbacks, franchise quarterbacks in the last 15 years in shitty weather places have been able to get 300 yards in bad weather. Ben Roethlisberger, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Eli Manning, go, go Donovan freaking McNabb. Like, I don't stop stop acting like you're playing beyond the wall, and you got white walkers there, and you got blizzards, and you can only throw the ball f- you know five times. By the time the Bills realized this, it was too late. That's what they did in the fourth quarter. That's what annoyed me is you're not built to, you're not built to run the football. Stop trying to run the football. It's just it's not working. They have they're terrible at running the football. I don't know why. I, I it's it's everything offensive line scheme. The running backs, it's just, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a shit turd burger. Stop freaking trying to run the football. And that, and, and the, for them not to do that against the Patriots where they kept trying to run the football and they were, they were, they were scared. They were scared to throw the football because of the stupid weather. And I, I blame Patrick Hammer and I blame all these meteorologists. I blame all the, uh, I blame the Bills coaching staff for probably watching one too many documentaries on Buffalo winters and they just got scared. And it, when Josh Allen threw it, it wasn't like he struggled again, but like you could see he he was it, it, the wind wasn't taking the ball elsewhere. He threw a dime, you know, he threw that that pass to Diggs in the end zone, which I thought was a good throw. Diggs just misjudged it; he lost it, but that was a that was a hell of a throw. And then the same with like in the fourth quarter, he was making throws in the wind. It's like why the fuck didn't you guys do this in the second? You you not only didn't do this when you were going against the wind in the second quarter, but when you were going with the wind, you weren't doing it. And that's on them. And that's on McDermott, and that's there's a disconnect right now I feel between McDermott and and Dable right now where I don't think they they don't have an identity. They they they're trying to shoehorn in the running attack right now and it's not it's not working at all. It's worse than it was last year. Worse than the running game last year. Let me say this for anyone out there who might be thinking I'm like hating on Josh Allen. When they lost 9-6 at Jacksonville, I also fought with fans on Twitter, but I was defending Josh Allen adamantly, even though he only scored six points. Only scored six points. But that was because he was literally running for his life that game. 
Nobody blocked. He was getting hit every play. It was like Mahomes in the Super Bowl last year against Tampa Bay. Nobody blocked. And Josh Allen was running for his life every play. I put zero that blame on Josh. And yes, Monday, the weather sucked. But again, Josh Allen has the strength to make those throws. He did make a lot of those throws. They moved the ball pretty much at will at points anyway, throwing the ball even against the win. But bottom line, again, would-be touchdowns. A would-be touchdown to Gabe Davis if he hits that slant. A would-be back shoulder throw touchdown to Stephon Diggs. Josh Allen missed those throws. He made a couple other mistakes. And it's as simple as this, man. He deserves some criticism. Is Josh Allen the reason why the Bills lost that game? No, he's not the reason why the Bills lost to the Patriots. But he deserves criticism. And I, I kind of want to move on and talk about some other factors that deserve criticism. And you already hit on a little bit of that. Coaching. Look, man, I think the Bills are flat out, out coaching. I, I think coaching can be overrated sometimes because the players ultimately execute. But Bill Belichick's attitude was our quarterback can't throw the ball in these elements. We are not going to beat ourselves. You're going to have to beat us. I don't. The whole stadium knows they're going to run the football. We're not going to make the big mistakes. We're going to see if you can throw the ball. We're going to see if you can avoid the mistakes because we know you ain't going to be able to run on us. And the Bills, in some ways, it's just it's just the way this team is built, man. It's the way this team is built. I don't like. The fact that they, and you alluded to this, they, they, they're trying to be something right now that they're not. And I don't know how much of an influence Sean McDermott is having on Brian Dable. It's starting to feel like there's some kind of a discontent between the two of them. But I'll say this about Sean McDermott. This was a really lousy, shitty game for him. And he could tell he was agitated post-game. The Bills threw the ball 30 times, which, again, I got no problem with that. I think they should have thrown the ball 40 times because the game run the football. All right. Mm -hmm. But they didn't try a two pointer early to match what New England did. Uh, you know, New England didn't even bother to try an extra point against the win. Bills did, or they tried a field goal into the win, did not work. Um, just so many things. Oh, other things too. Uh, what, what, what was it that time I had? What, what was it? Oh, that timeout. He challenged that Matt Jones 4 to 1 conversion. What a waste of a timeout. That was a horrible timeout. They used a second timeout in that half because they weren't ready to run a play. Those were two timeouts that ended at the end of the game, Joe, that burned them. They couldn't stop the clock at the end of the game. So who knows what could have happened? Sean McDermott got outcoached. And he was angry after the game. And he said, let's not give McDermott too much credit, which, I mean, uh, Belichick too much credit. Maybe he's right about that. I mean, they just executed better. They're more physical. But I did not like what Sean McDermott did. I know Brian Dable is getting a lot of criticism. And he deserves a lot of it, too. But let's not fucking excuse Sean McDermott either, because I, I'm starting to, I'm starting to wonder if he has a little more of a direct impact in telling the Bills, "Hey, you better start running this football more. I want to be a physical running team." And they're just not. You know what I'm saying? It's really, I'm really frustrated right now. Yeah, I mean, we we don't know. We don't know if he's telling Dable, "Hey, hey, let's run the football more." I just remember last week against the Saints, like the offense was kind of meh in the first half, and they were trying to run the football. And then by the second half, they said the hell with the, the running the football. And then they started passing it and they started scoring more. And I think I, I, I think for Monday, it's 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 game by game. I really do think the weather scared them the running into trying to run more Monday night. But it, with all that being said, like they need to they just got to cut it out. It's over. Like this is just not this is not. I, and I look, I don't know why they can't run the football. And here's the thing. I don't want to say they're not built for that because I, I think that's kind of bullshit because you should be able to run the football out of three, four wide receiver sets if the offense, if the defenses respect the passing game. I've seen that before. I saw it with even like with the the the, the Changeli like Fitzpatrick days. They didn't have like giant hogs up front. They, like who was the, their best offensive lineman was like Eric Wood, and then was a bunch of like Eric Pears. Like get the fuck out of here. They but they did it because they spread the field. And then they they kind of just like they had seams. Their running backs had good vision, and they could bust up a hole. You you'll probably bring this up that Zach Moss freaking like he kicks it to the outside. It's touchdown. unbelievable, unbelievable. And you know what? That's on him. That's him having shit vision. You know, and that's that's where I think like you, I, running the football when you're a, a pass happy team should be easy for you because of what I just explained. When the when the Patriots like with Brady, they they were a, a pass first team. OK, 
But when they wanted to run the football, they ran effectively because teams are so scared of Brady. He was going to like get him on the pass. And like all these fucking like the, the law firm, Ben Ellis, whatever the fuck that guy's name is, Maroney. All these guys would get like their like 100 yards here and there. Like, what? well, they, they, it wasn't because they were good. It was because teams feared them. And I don't get how this is not working for the Bills. I let don't. Me, let me ask you a question, Joe. Let me ask you a question. This might be a, a rhetorical question regarding Josh Allen or, or just play calls. Not this game, not this game, before this game, leading up to this game, what about the Bills play calling has probably pissed you off the most? Based on your tweets, again, I'm I'm being semi-rhetorical here. I feel like you get really mad when you see those third and four design Josh Allen runs. I feel like I maybe I'm wrong. I don't think I am, though. I think you kind of get annoyed when Josh Allen, by design, is running these power sweeps. Or, yeah, you know, these draws. You, I, you're not a fan of that, right? Am I right? I'm not a big. I'm not a big fan of those. I mean, I haven't been complaining about them recently, to be honest with you, because I, I don't think they. He just. My whole thing is he's just too big and he's too lumber. I mean, I would rather them he go to but the outside. Don't but. you feel if there was a week where they were going to have a game plan where Josh Allen would run the ball 10, 12 times, or maybe even more, more than you typically want to see your quarterback run the ball, considering the win, considering all these factors. And again, having four wide receivers spreading it out a little bit because the Bills did have a little, Josh had success running the ball a little bit on Monday night. But it's, don't you feel like that was lacking in a game plan that for once probably should have been in the game plan? More design Josh Allen runs? No, I wanted more. I wanted more throws. I didn't want them to run the ball. No, I want <laughs> I want more throws. It, he proved it. Look, in, they passed the ball, I think, four times in the first fucking quarter going with the wind. That's a, that's a, that's a joke. How much, do you think, how much do you think McDermott had in input in that? Do you think McDermott had input? I don't know. Ask Capaccio. I don't know. Like, as someone who's, I, I, I don't, I don't know. Like, I really, uh, look, I, 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 let's let's look at it this way, okay? I, I'll throw this analogy out. It could be completely wrong. Let's look at their backgrounds, okay? Brian Dable comes from New England. New England doesn't run the football. Like he comes from, he was in New England for eight years. He was a tight ends coach. He had the best tight end arguably in the history of the world in Gronk. They passed the ball all the freaking time. Uh, Sean McDermott. Yes. He's a a member of the, of the Andy Reid family tree, which is a primarily passing guy, but he's a defensive guy. And he came from, from Carolina. And what did Carolina do really well? They ran the football. Did you know he was a wrestler? And he was a fucking wrestler and he beat Kurt Angle once, I guess. I don't know. But, uh, he came from his his background was he came from a Carolina and they they used to run the football all the time. So I don't know if you want me to look at historically, well, who's going to be more into running the football? You know, it's it's it would be to me it would be Sean McDermott. Now, you know, that's kind of what he so I don't know, but like they need to stop. It's over. They're just not running the football at all. They have tried everything from Matt Breida to to I uh, it's everyone. All the three running backs. They all suck. Okay, like every every day, every game, like one makes like a big carry, and then Bill's Twitter loves them, and then like the next <laughs> the next drive, they get they fumble the football and they get minus five yards. That's another thing too. Sean's getting very like like I, I still don't get the Isaiah McKenzie benching. Like he fumbled it once, and this is like the leading kick returner in the league. Did you hear and, what he said? Not even that he benched him. Did you hear what he said? Did you hear what he said? He said I said he. He, he took didn't him out. Trust. He basically he trust. said, I didn't trust McKenzie or Stevenson. He basically said, I wanted Micah Hyde back there because I wanted somebody I could trust to handle kicks. I'm like, man, that is uh, yeah, the, that's the, a, pretty, Isaiah- that's a pretty strong indictment against Isaiah. Mc- I, I could see you saying that with Stevenson because he's a rookie who's had all of one game of NFL experience. But that is a pretty strong indictment against Isaiah McKenzie. Look, with Dable, I would say this. Last offseason... I thought he was going to be a head coach. I thought he was going to get that Chargers job. And I felt like it was a really lucky get for the Bills that uh, that he was back. But man, now I think it's a fair point to start wondering the way this team is just getting out physical and they're not staying true to what I thought they were. You wonder if Sean McDermott does he even want to retain him. You know, the way this is going. Now, look, you can't blame Brian Dable for the roster personnel. And again, I think this team is built very poorly when it comes to being able to to ground and pound if that's what they're trying to do or at least even be balanced because of the running backs. I mean, I, I don't like the running backs and I don't like the line that much either. But some bad play call. Like, where's those for all all night long? Where's those first down four or five yard hitch passes to 
to like Cole Beasley or Emmanuel Sanders that the Patriots seemed more than willing to surrender. And speaking of, by the way, again, I did criticize Josh Allen and I stand by it. I think he deserves some criticism, but I also said there's plenty to go around. Part of that is these wide receivers. They're falling off, bro. What's happened to Cole Beasley? Also, again, Emmanuel Sanders, he has had... He's no been he's he was hot the first month. He's he been was, invisible. Last month, he has not had more than three catches, or he has not had more than twenty-eight yards in any game receiving in the past month. And Cole Beasley only had three targets in a game where everyone thought would be having to throw short passes with the win that Cole Beasley would probably get seven, eight catches minimum. I went against him in fantasy football Monday night, and I was like, "Shit, I'm in trouble" because I, I thought Cole Beasley was going to have a really big game. They didn't even go to him. I don't know what's going on, but these, I don't, are they aging? Are they getting old? Are they not uh, getting off, uh, getting no separation? I don't know what's going on anymore. I've always had this theory with Cole Beasley. Like he's a guy, that slot wide receiver position in, in the NFL. If you're playing like every down, which he kind of is like it, you, it's a rough, you, you, your wear and tear gets pretty quick because you're just basically getting hit every play. Cause you're just catching those 10 yard passes. You're getting killed yeah. by linebackers. He's banged up. And, and he's banged, you know, and I think, Look, if you compare his numbers last year, he had an. I think it was kind of like an anomaly year. Like he's an average, he's a good slot wide receiver, top three slot receiver, but he's a guy who's going to get you fifty to sixty catches. And that's what he's done primarily for his career, you know. And that's what he's going to get at the end of this year. I think last year he just that was just an anomaly year for him. And I, your overall point in the off season, I feel like they they have to retool the wide receivers because I think they're very old. Like right now, it's going to be right now. It's Gabe Davis and Stephon Diggs. Right now, you need you need. I would I would totally. I know I'm looking too deep into the the weeds here, but like I would I would not mind a wide receiver with the first two rounds like next year because they need they need some youth there very badly. And I think this goes back to like you know um, you talked back in the off season about them running it back and how is it, it, it was that the a right decision to run it back the same thing. And, you know, I understand why they did it. And I'm not, I'm not Brandon fucking Bean. They don't pay me to be Brandon Bean, but it was, it wasn't the wrong decision because I do think there is a case that can be made that the offense, what's that old saying? Teams catch up. And I think that's what we see right now. The teams have kind of caught up to the bills a little bit with the offense. And what you have to do is you have to evolve. You have to th- throw in new wrinkles, new personnel, new wide receivers, they didn't do that. And I understand why. And I, I know some asshole will be like, well, what would you have done? Or, or no one was saying that. No, we were kind of saying like, that's kind of a, a, a thing that they, they, they should have looked into. But I think that's part of what is wrong right now is they roll back the same personnel. And I think teams have kind of caught up to that a little bit. And that's why they're not running as succinct as they usually have in the past. I and, agree. Um, it's a good take, man. I, especially with the offensive line, you know, they, they literally ran back the offensive line and, I'll say this. Sometimes I think whether it's you or I or or Joe Viscali or Sal Capaccio or any podcast or even fans, I, I think we tend to overthink things. And when you watch some film, not that you and I, especially you, are, are film guys. I watch film like all that. the time. It's nah, called, yeah, it's called Pornhub. Okay. Porn but yeah, go. <laughs> Anyways, go ahead. But in all seriousness, sometimes it's as simple as the right guard's got to black, block the defensive tackle and fucking move him a little bit. And you watch some of these film highlights and the offensive line is literally getting no push, zero push. They're not getting it done. Mitch Morris has been okay. The guard play has been absolutely fucking atrocious. And I don't care if it's Cody Ford and he's the, the battering ram and I get it. But Ike Bakker ain't been no good. John Feliciano was not good before he got hurt. Darren Williams has been better at guard than tackle, but that's only because he has been an absolute abomination at tackle when he played it there this year. So Darren Williams has been pretty lousy. Deion Dawkins has been inconsistent, if not shitty at left tackle. And Spencer Brown's a pretty good right tackle, but he's a rookie and he made, he made some mistakes on Monday night too. The offensive line's just not that good. You know, if you got a good line, guess what? These shitty running backs that we agree with, by the way, that they're very mediocre. They're pedestrian at best. Maybe they look a little bit better at least. Josh Allen gets more time to throw. He'll kill any defense. I've always said that. The offensive line, end of the day, block the guys in front of you. I don't think teams are out scheming us. They're not fooling us. They're just simply beating us man-to-man and inserting their will on us. You know what I'm saying? That's the frustrating part that uh, I look at this team. So when you say run it back, 
I think if Brandon Bean missed the board on one thing, it's, it was not adding to the offensive line. Other than Spencer Brown, they, they should have added at least one, if not two guards. That's killed yeah, him. that's it's killed him. And I, I, I next year, I'm totally down with a clean sweep of the offensive line, maybe outside of Deion Dawkins. But like Mitch Morris, I think he's fine, but he's old. And like, I, I think and he's, he's probably, getting paid a lot. He's getting paid a lot. Like it's just, it's just the offensive line has not worked at all. And I would definitely say to them, go out there, use your assets, go sign some free agents, go draft some guys in the second, third round who are guards, you know, and, and you know, they got to do that. Like it's, 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 it's just hasn't, it hasn't helped them this year at all. It's a big, it's a big issue for them. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Vacation starts with VA. Whether you're feeling beachy, mountainy, or every E in between, you'll find all that you love all in one trip to Virginia. Start yours at virginia.org. Want to spend a few minutes talking defense and uh, then a few big picture things before we get out of here. But I want to backtrack a little bit because, yeah, we blame the offensive line for a lot and, and they're not good. I've levied criticism on Josh Allen for at least for Monday night, and I think it's deserved. But the running backs, dude, they're just not it, man. They're just not it. That film, there was nothing wrong with the blocking. Zach Moss, oh my God, I saw the, the I saw it live on TV and I started yelling. I was watching it with my son. And then later on on Twitter, I saw a slow motion breakdown of it. And Zach Moss bounces that outside. You or I could have scored that touchdown if we would have seen the outside. That's how much room he had and how easy it would have been. He likes to say he makes business decisions, man. That was the easiest touchdown he would have ever had. He likes to smash into guys and, you yeah. know, try to try to make these business decisions. It might make for an occasional, ooh, when you're watching on TV or, you know, a, a highlight, but he ain't it, man. And my my good buddy, my long lost buddy, Tone Pucks, set, pointed this out. I couldn't agree with him more. That final drive, it was first in... I don't want to know if it was first and goals. First and 10 from the 14. Devin Singletary, first down handoff, ran the ball, and he got one yard. It looked like he surrendered. Like he just went to the line, and he surrendered. He just, he ain't it, man. Singletary's not it. Zach Moss ain't it. Matt Breida is fast, but that's all he is. That's all he is. He, he doesn't get off. He doesn't break tackles. He, the, I, I don't blame him, by the way. I don't know if you've seen the the, the film. Eric Turner pointed it out that fumble I'm by him. So on, no. on Brita. Mm-hmm. No, you're blocked. <laughs> well, anyway, the handoff to Brita that he fumbled that everyone killed Matt Breed on, and he pretty much got benched after that. You look at the film; it was a lousy hand. Josh Allen put it up really high. Oh, really? Like it, it hit his chest plate, like the top part of his chest plate too. Now you could the blame might go on both of them, but anyway, my point being, and I should have even mentioned that when I was talking about some of the Josh Allen lowlights of this game. That was a poor handoff. But anyway, my point was this. Reed is fast, but he doesn't break any tackles and he makes a lot of mistakes and limited opportunities. So that's where he is. The Bills running back room is not good. Now, I'm not saying they need to go out and use a first round pick on a running back, but they got to do something to upgrade it because a good running back will only help Josh Allen. And, and none of these guys are it, man. None of them. Where do you want to get a, you? Are you saying you want a, a running back in the first round? Or like I would like of- to see, you know, what's been a trend from just off the top of my head. Because I have him in fantasy. I go back to fantasy football. Javante Williams is a guy the Denver Broncos traded up for in the second round this past year, mm-hmm. a rookie. This guy, and he played, Mel- Melvin Gordon was out against the Chiefs. 
I'm telling you, this guy's such a good player. Fred Taylor was an early second round pick. They could get a guy, whether it's if they got a late first rounder, I'd be okay with it, or moving up in the second round. They need to get a game-changing running back, or they got to do something that's better. They think that they could trot out. They, I think the Bills think that Josh Allen is so good and the passing game is so good that just any running back will do. That's not the case, man. They need to get a better than mediocre running back because at best, all three running backs on the Bills roster are mediocre. One last thing, too. I'm ready to see, I'm ready to give Antonio Williams a look. Sure. Because none of these guys are none of these guys are getting it done, Joe. None of them. None of them. Where's the Brit? Is he he's out for the year, right? The British Ooh. guy, Christian hey, Wayne. What about him? <laughs> he's not. He's not a. Anyways, um, I agree. I'm I'm totally fine with throwing the running back room into the into the sun. I don't know if I would go first round. I still think you could find. Look, so I think sometimes it gets very easy for. Uh, and I've done this before to go, hey, just get a running back in the third, fourth round. They're always they did good. that twice. And they did that twice. And But here's the thing. It's sometimes it doesn't work. Like you get remember that one. Well, who was that one running back? The Bills drafted in like 2007 in the third round, like Ralph Wilson wanted him. His name was Knox, I think, or something like that. Or Dwight Wright was it's Wayne Wright. Remember him? Uh, anyways, he was a running back. They were drafted in the third round. Point being is like it, it, it was a terrible pick. But And that can happen. Like you can you can draft a guy in the third round who just isn't good. But a lot of literally, times we've literally seen it twice. We've just seen it twice. Years. But like, I wouldn't mind them trying that because I, I do think you can do that. I think that's where your value is. And I think there's other elements like we alluded to, like guards, wide receivers. Those things I think are more prevalent than upgrading running back. Because again, I don't really need this team to be a smash mouth running team. But that's not to say that they can't they can't do that. But, uh, you know, overall, look, at the offense has just been – it's just been a look. There's the only saving grace right now for me, like to be optimistic, and I'm not. I'm like a quarter t- tank empty right now. Is that um, is that the AFC is kind of all over the place? It's a bipolar. Every week it's changes. That's the only thing I can like. And then also, if the Bills do make the playoffs, I I'm glad that they're not going to play in Buffalo. Hopefully, because I do think they're. I think their coaches, and we've talked about this. I think their coaches are scared of the wind, and we saw that against New England. I think if they see a forecast; they're gonna be like, "We can't throw. We can't. We gotta. We gotta run the. We gotta be balanced." And I don't want that. Go play in a fucking dome. Go play in the Colts dome. I'd rather have that than they come here. Before we talk like bottom line stuff, like season ending kind of stuff, I, I'd be remiss. We gotta at least hit on the defense. All right, so they give up fourteen points. They give up a lot of rushing yards. Although one of it was on a long run. I, I, how do you feel about their performance as a whole? Because I'm of the mindset, you could say, because you again, you could you could take numbers and you could slant them any way you want. You could either say, you could take the rushing yards and say, well, that's too many. They need to get off the field more. They need to give the offense more opportunities. Or you could say, well, they gave up 14 points. You give up 14 points at home and you got Josh Allen, you should win the fucking game. I don't care if there's a blizzard. You know what I'm saying? Like, where do you fall on this effort? I thought as a whole, it was pretty good. And I don't think they missed Trey White this week, but I didn't think they were going to miss Trey White much this week. I mean, how can you miss a guy when you only throw the ball three times, right? That's not going to be the case, obviously, in Tampa this coming Sunday. But I, the only problem I have a guy with, and I know this isn't, this is like the defensive uh, Josh Allen hot topic guy, is Tremaine Edmonds. Uh, this guy just, he's not it to me, man. He's 24. He's in his fourth year now. He is who he is, whether you like him or whether you don't. He's fast. He's athletic. He can cover. He's one of the best cover linebackers in the NFL, but he don't get off blocks. He doesn't make game change and impacting plays like say a Matt Milano does. I just, I don't know that this guy is deserving of a long-term deal. And again, this is the, you know, that's something we should probably talk about in the off season because right now we're in the midst of a season, but as a whole, like, what did you think of the defensive effort? Um, I thought the, the defensive effort was, it was 25% to why they lost, I thought. I thought that um, you're right. Like You could cherry pick. You could say they only gave up four point, 14 points or they only, they allowed six punts or they allowed three, 19 yards passing. But when you become one-dimensional and you, you know they're supposed to just run the football and everyone in that stadium knew what they were doing, and it was, it was shades of that Colts game, which I went to and which was a disaster, where they were like, we're just going to run it on you. And they – couldn't really stop them at times. They stopped them in the fourth quarter. They got better at it and they started shooting the gaps. And like, like it was as if they figured it out. Like it shouldn't be that difficult to stop a team being that's one dimensional when it comes to running the football. Like it shouldn't be hard. Like you can put nine, 10 guys in the box and you kill them. And, and they didn't, they did, they didn't do that. Now is again, 
it's I would put that as 25% of, of why they lost. Um, overall, look, I, I've been saying this for a while. I still have questions about them when they go against an, a top 10 offense. You have. They've been, they've been very have. lucky this year. They have not really played that. I was just looking at the numbers and like the only the, – the Chiefs are like the one offense that they, they played like in the top 10 that they play. They have a really good game against. But uh, we're going to see next week against, uh, against Brady how they're going to do now because now this is like their – this is like their biggest test. And, you know, they've been, they've been good against like the Jags. They have, they're good against a team that throws the ball three times. But I think, I think they're a little bit, I think when they go against a really a top tier offense, they get their, I would, I would bet against them. I really would. And, uh, and I'm, I, I think it's just one of those things where, you know, and going to your Edmonds thing. So I saw someone tweet this and I thought it was a very good point. He is the wrist alignment of the defense where like you see him. You see the physicality. You see that he's big and like, oh, this guy is like he looks. He he plays like he plays. He looks like Tarzan, but he kind of plays like he just doesn't have really great instincts. And he's not what they, they what he should have been. You he's know, inconsistent. And I, yeah, he's, he's in, and that's the, and that's the, the whole to me. And that's the whole thing about the Bills team this week. Just been inconsistent. Individual players have been inconsistent. They're star players. One thing too, I'll just say this too about the defense. Like I, I'm kind of getting sick of. I'm sick of this. The defensive line rotation. I think they got to shorten it. I don't need Harrison. I I, I need Al Oliver to play more like s- snaps. You know what I mean? Like, I, you know, it sounds great when you have it. Like, oh yeah, we got winner mixing nice younger guys. I'm gonna have people fresh. Fuck that. Like, give me give me Al Oliver like seventy percent of the snaps, please. Okay, he's their game breaker. And whenever I see him, he's making plays. Like, you need more of that on the front four. Okay, like I, I don't need to have I didn't need to see like we got to bring in this guy and then the, the fifth tier guy like shorten that rotation a little bit, buddies, you know, if you guys can't. But uh, look, overall, I've said this before. I do think the, the defense will finish in the top 10, top five, maybe. But I think it's more or less because of the schedule. And I think that's just kind of how it is. Like, you know, and uh, especially with Trey White out, like if they if I, I think. Uh, you know, they there. I think when they go against some elite talent, they're going to have issues. Ty, Ty Dunn, I thought wrote a brilliant column. It was a handful of weeks ago. I don't remember following what game it was, but the soft one. Um, basically, I'm, I mean, I'm paraphrasing, but basically what Ty said is the bills are front runners. If they're better than you, they will get out in front of you. They will destroy you and they will flex on your grave while they're doing it. But when they get punched in the mouth, they don't know how to handle it and they don't fight back. And again, I'm paraphrasing what Ty wrote, but that was the point of what he said. And I could not agree more. I got a couple notes that I wrote down. I want to make sure I fly through these and get to these. And maybe I'll get a take from you on these. I wrote down, what's going to change right now at this point? More physical teams are just inserting their will onto the bills and they're physically breaking them down. We saw it Monday night. We saw it and we saw what Indy did to them. Pittsburgh opening week. Tennessee, to a large extent, Derrick Henry had a big game. He ran for 150-some yards or whatever he did. Um, even the Jags a little bit. And again, now the Patriots. This is not a, I used the word anomaly at the beginning of the show. It's not an anomaly. They're like, this is becoming a habit. Big, strong, physical teams are beating the Bills in the trenches. What can you do to change that? I don't know what you could do. You can't go out. You can't sign for your I got, I got an idea. What, what? What? You tell me. I got an idea. What's 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 sometimes the best the best uh, medicine for a, a defense? What's the, what's a defense's best friend? The Throwing offense. the ball seventy times. The offense. The offense can score a bunch of points, and then they can put pressure. That's where I think that it helps out. Like uh, that's where it is right now. Like, I, but you're right. You are right. When they, I've always said, if you want to beat the Bills' defense, I think it's spread them out. Because they don't play like a traditional four three, no, they play like a they five play two. Nickel. Yeah, they play nickel. Spread Most them the out. Not last, yeah. not Monday though. But yeah. yes, yes. But spread them out and run on them. And I think that's how you beat them. And you just spread them out, and that's how you beat them. But I think, look, the, the, for them to compete and to be to get back to what they were or whatever, like a, a top tier Super Bowl contender or whatever, it's going to have to. It's, it has to come on the offense. Yeah. That's just how it is. Because eventually, as I've said this before, say it again. You get to the playoffs, you start playing better quarterbacks. You're not playing fucking like, you know, Trevor Lawrence or or Trevor Simeon and all these douches that suck. You yeah. and that's and that's where they have to go through. Um 
Can I ask you, do you have anything else on your list? Because I, I want yeah, to. Yeah, I do. Well, you're kind of going through them before Sorry. I even get a chance to get well, to them. You don't share with me notes, motherfucker. Well, well, we don't We do not do no prep, man. Prep is, okay. prep, prep is for pussies. But, but you but, have notes. You could share them with me. Nah, so. I, don't like, I don't like to share notes. And, dude, I got like three things that I wrote down. I wrote mm. down. I said the Bills are designed like a team that should be playing in Los Angeles, you know, with the quarterback and the, yeah, that's why and the we, passing game. And they don't, mm. they don't run the ball effectively. And. This could be an entire episode that should and will happen either in the offseason or if the Bills get eliminated early. Brandon Bean, man, it, it, you got to start to, you know, for all the, the the praise that he's gotten and a lot of it deserved, a lot, he's, there's a lot of things that uh, are not being done very well right now. Again, back-to-back third-round rookie running backs or running back picks who have not been good. A.J. Epinesa, by the way, second-year, second-round defensive end. I'm barely seeing anything from him. Where's already, Boogie Basham? I don't even know what he's doing. Boogie, well, he played He played pretty well. You put it this way. He was ahead of A.J. Epinesa in the rotation. Yeah, but, he's, but I'm sorry. When, when you're when you're deactivated a couple games of the year and you're second, well, you're he's a, second, a rookie. You but yes, be. No, fuck rookie. that. You should, you should be rookie. playing. Okay, well, you should let's be see what happens in year two. That's my point, though. A.J. Epinesa in year two has not taken that big step. The Bills have not drafted very well. The offensive line, the continuity that they decided to stick with, to me, is backfiring. But anyway, again, that's a, a conversation that should be had down the road. But I think they're a team that's built not to be in Buffalo. <laughs> you know, I think this is a talented team on paper, but I don't think it's championship caliber. Uh, I wrote down, I said they're incapable of being physical enough. And this ain't going to be the last time we see shit weather. Now, we might not see 40 wind, you know, 40 mile an hour gust winds in the future, but we're going to see snow. We're going to see wind. We're going to see very cold, frigid weather going forward. The only chance the bills have to, to get to the Super Bowl at this point, Josh Allen has to be like the best player in the NFL the rest of the way. And that's a hard ask for a guy with a weak offensive line and literally no running backs to help him. And as we talked about two wide receivers who are Asian and right in front of her eyes, a tight end who makes good plays, but also has the dropsies. That's a lot to ask. But if the bills are going to, Go anywhere this year. Josh Allen has to be literally an NFL MVP caliber player the rest of the way. It's the only way. It's the that's how only it was way. last year. That's and how it was, was last year. That yeah, and that's how they got far. They didn't get far last year because the defense was good. The defense was mediocre last year. You know, that's it's all. It's, it's sadly it's all on Allen. He if they don't if he's not good, they're not good. Period. Okay, but um, yeah, it's 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 a tough um, it's just a tough you know seven and five. I picked them to go twelve and five in the right in the off season. And I said, I had them going, but I did have the bills going to the AFC title game. They were going to lose against the Browns. That's not going to happen, obviously for many reasons, but uh, yeah, you know, there was, there's, you know, sometimes there's a regression. And I think we go back to like, they kind of rested on their laurels. And I think it, it's kind of hurting them because they had a much tougher schedule last year. They played a lot better teams, a lot better quarterbacks. And they were better last year and they're not this year. You know, they're beating to me. They're beating up, shitty teams again, you know, and they're not when they play against teams that are actually kind of good. They're they've struggled. They, yeah. they, you know, and that's it. Um, but we'll see. We'll, we'll see. Look, it's um, luckily, as I said, the saving grace to the AFC is bipolar. It is going to be about which team is hot. And I do think it's better if they don't play in Buffalo. Cause I think the coaches are scared of the snow and the rain and all that shit. They, they watch, they, they listen to Jay Leno snow jokes when they were kids and they're like, we can't, we can't do this. We can't throw blah. It's too windy. And I think, you know, that's uh, give me in a damn dome. Give me in a dome. Give me, give me to Indianapolis, that wild card, even though they're going to run over them. Give me in that dome and where we can throw the freaking football. Agreed. You're right. It's a good take. I'll say this, though. An amazing take. Brilliant you, take. Go ahead. When you say the team that's hot because there's no dominant team in the AFC, you're right. But here's the problem, bro. You better get hot soon or you ain't going to get an opportunity to get hot because first and foremost, you got to make the playoffs. Here's the bottom line. All right. So the Bills play this week at Tampa. And then they also play at New England a couple of weeks down the road. To me, that's a package deal. And I feel like this, realistically speaking, you have to split. I don't think you can realistically expect to win both those games, but you got to win one of them. Okay. You got to split. And if you split those, and then you got Atlanta, Carolina, and the Jets at home, those are three chump teams at home. There's not an excuse on earth to lose to them. If you split the Tampa, New England games, and you beat those three chumps, that gets you to 11 and six and at 11 and six, you're going to be one of the top seven teams. You're going to make the playoffs. But mm-hmm. if you lose to Tampa and you lose to New England and those other two road games left, two very good football teams, 
maybe arguably the best team in the AFC and the best team in the NFC right now. You lose both those games, even if you beat those three chump teams, now you're 10 and 7. Getting mm-hmm. into the playoffs becomes iffy, man. There's a lot of teams and a lot of teams in the hunt. The Bills' conference record hasn't been very good. I'm not going to get into tiebreakers all because it's still five games left too early. But you did lose to Indy, straight up. That matters. You did lose to Pittsburgh, straight up. That matters. You lose to New England, you lose to Tampa. Get into the playoffs, period. And that's no foregone conclusion anymore. 10 and 7 to me is not a foregone conclusion you're going to make the playoffs. There'll be other 10 and 7 teams. There won't be seven. 11 and six teams, but there's going to be one or two other teams that are 10 and seven as well. And the bills, I don't think they're looking really good with tiebreakers right now. So if they can't beat Tampa on Sunday, they better win that rematch in new England or they're in trouble, man. Right. No, you're, I agree. I mean, I, I still think, I, I think they're going to make the playoffs. I really, I do. Uh, but like, as you laid it out, like there's, there's really room for little error. They Are they going to go need f- help? Are they going to need help to make the playoffs? Because they might need it if they lose both those games against Tampa and New England. They might. They might. Um, all right. Let me ask you this real quick. Uh, sure. I don't know if this is on your agenda. Then we can wrap this up. I want to talk about the Sully question. I'm going to get to that. All right. Get to it now. Let's do uh, it. No, I, no, I no. I got, I got one uh, more uh, point. No one, no one cares about your been points. A ne- this is go a ahead. negative point. It's been a negative episode because, quite frankly, the Bills deserve it. But let's end on a positive note, okay? Even with the loss, I don't think the division's out of play in the AFC East. Even, even let's just say the Bills, even if they lose to Tampa on Sunday, which I do think they're going to lose to Tampa. Let's just put that, make that clear right now. But if, even if the Bills lose that game, they fall two games behind New England and New England beat them already, okay? But you can look at it this way. New England can very well lose at Indianapolis because they play them after the bye in two weeks. So there's one loss. They can lose the rematch to Buffalo and Miami, they play at Miami, who's been playing very good football lately. Well, by the way, they're a good up and coming team. They're going to be good in the future. They have a lot of good young players. But anyway, week 17, New England at Miami. Miami ain't going to be throwing in the towel that game. They want to beat the New England Patriots. That's their rival. Mm-hmm. Point being is New England can still lose three games. So if the Bills, even if they lose to Tampa and they went out, including beating New England, the Bills still very well could end up uh, winning this division. All right, Sully. <laughs> what, what what do you got to say? Everyone who's listening, I'm sure you pr- pretty much know by now, after the game on Monday, Sully essentially asked Micah, Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer, he didn't ask him, he pretty much made a statement that the run game getting on national TV was embarrassing. Anyway, I'll, I'll get your take on it and then I'll have something to say and then we're done. I didn't... <laughs> I didn't take the first, the first part of the question, and everyone knows I can't stand Sully. He sucks. I hate that he's on your podcast. He shouldn't be on here. Just stop put that out. I'm, I'm kidding. He can be on here, but he's terrible. Um, I thought the first part of it because basically what he did was he he laid a stat out like something about passing the football, and he and he said, "Do you, I, do you guys do you do you guys consider yourselves? Are, are you embarrassed by that?" That's what he said. And at first, I thought it was kind of, when I first heard, it, I was like, "That's not a bad. It's not horrible." But I could understand how it could be termed as that's bad. You know what I mean? And I thought it was a little bit not great. Like, I would have done asked it differently. I thought the response was a little bit over the top by Poyer and Hyde. Like, they were, they were like, they're pro- like, it literally was like, like uh, me coming in there and being like, you know, like I'm a Trumper or whatever. Like, they were just incredulous. At the, and I thought that was like, they were a little bit over the top. But then Sully, to me, he lost me. When they when they left, he goes. In my day, I could ask that question, right? And that to me was when, I, and I didn't hear that last night because you and I were commiserating talking about this last night, and I didn't hear that till like this morning. And I saw that, and I was like, "Oh, you look like a fucking moron! Like you look like an out of touch person right now." So I think there's blame on both, like in terms of there is a new little bit of a nuance, but he definitely, if Sully just kept with the first part, and then just was let them go off and be angry fine like i wouldn't have been as like okay like they were a little bit over the top annoying it wasn't a great question but once he said like in my day i could go because look the thing about sully is sully is and i've heard him on your podcast unfortunately i had to hear it because I, I do listen to you to give you some some feed your ego he he a lot of times <laughs> has a little bit of this like i'm the only one that asks tough questions in this town and he's a contrarian by nature and like you could just tell it's a shtick like that's his shtick okay and like you know and he and it's 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 annoying because I, I feel like you're kind of just a, a phony tough guy and like you know that it wasn't a tough question it wasn't at all like you know it, it wasn't tough I you know as far as far as I'm concerned you know it was just him 
it was slanted in a kind of a response, but like his whole, like, like I used to be an asset in my day. He came off as an asshole then, but it, well, I think there was blame all the way around. It's a little bit of a nuanced point. God forbid we do this in the, the Twitter verse, but uh, you know, that's how I feel. Uh, your I, take. I half, I half agree with you. And, and I want to preface it by saying this. I do like Jerry Sullivan as a person. And I will also say that obviously over the course of the last almost nearly four years now, I've had all these Bills guys, many of people on my show, and they all love Sully to, to a man. They say Sully's one of the nicest guys. I've had a couple conversations with him. I don't know. He's not my personal friend, but I like Sully as a person, and I do respect his body of work, his career. That said, and, and he has been on my, he was just on this podcast, what, 10 days ago, all right? So that tells you how I feel about Sully as a person. I don't have people on my podcast if I hate you. That said, I don't agree with you that it was, a fair question to begin with the way now he was basically saying, so he's asking him if the run defense is an embarrassment. That's what he's asking. He could have said, and by the way, this is heat of the moment. There's kind of a code. All right. How you ask questions, especially in the heat of the moment, right after a game, these players are physically emotionally spent after a tough night, a big loss. You could have framed the question. Some, something more like, uh, what can you guys do to, to stop this? You know, this has happened three, four times this year. Where's the struggles coming from? What are you guys doing wrong? He's saying, are you embarrassed? Is this embarrassing? You know, right off the bat. And then, like you said, and if there's any doubt why he was doing it, he, he lost all credibility. When he said at the very end, his, these guys were walking off when he said, back in my day, players answered these kind of questions. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? That that and, and, and it wasn't even like again, it wasn't even a tough question. Like it wasn't like uh, I don't know. He's a, like I said, it, it was it, a dickhead it was a dickhead way to frame it. I'm and just I will, gonna say it. I don't think Sully's a dickhead personally, because again, I nah, like the man a as a human being. No, let me explain but this. But it was to you a dick, quick. it was a dick move, it was a dick way to ask a question. He could have answered it uh, in a more dignified, classy way. That's what I'm saying. I'm just going to say this. I am sure Jerry's a very nice guy. All the uh, 95% of the local media love him. He'll take you out to coffee and tell you all the war stories and how to fucking pre- to write shit, whatever that shit is. But I could separate that from what he does on, on the beat. And I, and I think there are people that pro- I felt like the local media had his back last night. Like there were like Thad, Thad I thought Thad Brown was fine with it, with it. A couple other people were fine with it. The because national they, media, they, hold on, got, hold on. The, let me, the locals let me, got to work with him. Go ahead, I'm sorry. Yes, the locals, not only do they, well, it's not that. They like him, okay? Mm-hmm. Like, they got to work with him. He's fucking there for the Gazette. He's there, like, twice a week. Like, like there, there's more infighting. Like, come on, like, people hate Harrington. People, like, media doesn't like Harrington, and they don't like Worrell sometimes. or Like, there's a much, bunch of infighting on there. Like, you know what I mean? But point being is that I do think if it, if it was someone else who asked that, like, let's just say it was Matt Bovey, or whoever, I don't know, Jay Skursky asked that. I don't think it will be as big of a, a thing in the local sense of it. But I will say, like, the local media had his back. The national ones, like, Bomani Jones tweeted. I don't know if you saw this. He fucking took a dump on Sully. And, you know, Bomani Jones is, like, a top, I think he's a top ten, like, talking head guy. He's got his sure. own. You know what I mean? He took a shit on him. And a couple other people that you showed me this today, and I didn't see it last night, but, like, it started sprinkling. And again, it was all about the back in my day, like thing. And, you know, I don't know. Look, I I don't, I did not follow Sully in the nineties with the bills. You know, I don't know. Remember what he did there. I mean, the the way I looked at it from like talking to other people who told me was he hated all the bills players, except Ken Hall and Tasker. And then after they all retired, he became buddies with them. Like, Oh, I pushed them and all that sh- sort of shit. And he was a dickhead to Bruce Darryl Smith. Daryl too, by the way. Yeah, and he was, but he was a dickhead to Bruce Smith. Like, he hated Bruce Smith with every fiber of his being. And, like, so, like, I don't know. I don't remember him, like, and, and this even goes back to when he was a, a mainstay at the Buffalo News and all these pressures went on the road. I don't remember him ever, like, asking, like, some sort of tough question. Like, usually he would come in there and his tone would be like, oh, you, like, well, like it was a curmudgeon tone with them. And, and yes, you don't, you could get a good answer. And, and here's the thing. I'm not going to sit here and say you could get a good answer from any of these guys. I think they're robots. I think they don't say shit. And, and like, that's why half the fucking time, like, oh, that was another thing. He tweeted something along the lines of people who don't care about what the athletes say after games are the same people who don't care that Trump didn't have a fucking daily pressings. I was like, what the fuck are you pulling that out of your ass? You idiot. Again, uh, he, that's a horrible I don't, know what the, take. Sully, I don't even Sully, know what. Sully. 
It's I don't even a, know what it's that, been a rough that couple was. Of it's been a rough couple weeks for him on social media. He had that Sam Reinhardt take that yeah, was still like, getting bashed for a couple it's weeks. Just, ago. And, I, and, I, and I knew that was going to happen. I tweeted that right when he that whole comment. I'm like, watch how Sully handles on social media. He's going to be a dick about it and think he's either like a badass because he got them pissed off. And it's like you're, you're pulling gimmicky. a trunk. It's almost like a Skip Bayless, you know what I mean, where you do things. I talk, that, it's the way the world's working, though, with sports media, even sports media now. These guys, they have these takes, and that's what it's all about now. It's about who can have the craziest oh. takes. Like Skip Bayless, he's never going to give LeBron credit for anything. LeBron could win an NBA championship for, until he's 78 years old every year. He's never going to give LeBron any credit. He's never going to give Stephon Curry any credit. That's just how Skip Bayless is. Tom Brady's the greatest. Aaron Rodgers sucks. You know what I mean? It's just how Skip Bayless is. Sully, to some extent, is the same way. And look, man, I, I've said this before. I like people. I got a lot of podcasters out there. I like and I respect, but I'm going to call shit the way I see it. I am arguing with a couple of podcasters that I like and I respect right now on Twitter over this game. I'm not afraid to, uh, I don't want to make enemies, but I'm not afraid to call you out. I love Sully. He's a good guy. You're afraid. Just had him on my the fuck I am. And I'm just telling you, man, that was a shitty ass question framed in a horrible way to make himself part of the story. Why he didn't you invite him on and, and you could tell him, invite him on Casual also, Friday. Jerry Sullivan and, and, and can come on that. this podcast anytime. Dude, let invite me, you him, him you want to hear, hear an exclusive? I oh, made an go. attempt recently. I made an attempt recently to get Sully on every week. Oh, I told, I told, I would I'm like leaving to have, this podcast then, well, buddy. I'm just telling you, I, I gave him, you know how I have Casual Friday with Joe Yurden? I was going to have a regular day. with Sully? I think Sully, I think Sully, this bullshit aside, I think he has, I, I do respect the fact that he's not afraid to criticize. I really do. I truly do. So anyway, my point was, I like and respect him enough that I try to get him on the show every week. He didn't want to do it. He doesn't have the time. He goes, just, you know, once in a while, I, I'll be on. Fine. And I'll look for, I'd love to have him on again. And trust me when I tell you, next time he's on, I will talk to him about this. Get me on. I'll fucking on. talk to him. I don't I'm need just you gonna... on. I can talk to him what? myself. Okay, fine. You don't want me, because I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll share my, my, my festivist days of, of like why I don't think, he, like, I think he's not objective. I think he, he views things in the prism of what's a good story to tell. And I think he takes it out on people who aren't quotable. I think he doesn't like Sam Reinhardt because Sam Reinhardt was, it's kind of a prick. And I think he that's why he shitted on him two weeks ago. That's not a, being objective. I think he didn't like Mario Williams because Mario Williams in his world was like not a quotable guy. And he took a colossal shit on him. Same with Stevie Johnson. Same with a lot of Marshawn Lynch. He just buried him all the time. And I think it's all about how they tell stories of Sully. Sully will write a fucking like 3000 words, you know, sonnet on Ryan Fitzpatrick's glory because Ryan talks to him and Ryan's a quotable guy. But like Tyrod Taylor, he took a dump on him all the time when Tyrod Taylor, why? Because Tyrod Taylor's a boring guy. And that's why my, that's, that's honestly the root of all my, my annoyance with Sully is that he, he, he gets very, he lets his, his, if you don't tell me a good story, I'm going to shit on you all over. And, and he's a, he's a troll. He is a troll. He's a contrarian. I know people may think I'm a troll, but mostly my issues happen to be with like Bills fans. More so than I think the team, to be honest with you. But that's a you that's just a have anger problem. issues. I uh, a little bit. I mean, yeah, a <laughs> little bit, a little bit, a little bit of that. Yeah. All right, you look, I'll let you have the last word on Sully. I, I think a lot of what you say is fair. Like I said, I like the guy a lot. I just thought well, who that cares was a really if you like the guy a guy. It's about well, what he does in the job. Is he is he that, good at like you're right, he does? You're right. You're right. That's you're what fair, it is. That's a fair point. And I thought that was a really shitty way to ask a question that could have been asked a different like way. I, said, anyway, I, we'll, I, was, we'll, we'll I thought you that. gave me the last word. I can't say no, anything. I'm gonna now? give you the okay. last word right now because I'm gonna ask Jesus. you this. So are, are we in agreement here as, as we go off the air? The Bills are playing at Tampa, and, and if they lose that game, and I think we both think they're going to lose. Not saying they can't beat Tampa, they certainly can beat Tampa, but if they lose that game. Bill's got to win out to make the playoffs. You think? I don't think they have to. No, I think you, I think you could get in with ten wins. 